Go. All right. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. This week, we're going to review the following movies, Annihilation, Rodan, and the newest film from Johnny Knoxville, Action Point, as well as preview Hotel Artemis, which is an action movie based in a mob hospital. Plus, we'll talk about some news, comments, and anything else we can think of. Welcome to the Cinescape Magazine Movie Review Show. All right. So first up, I am going to be talking about Annihilation, a movie that I wanted to see earlier this year, but someone didn't want to. So anyway, all right. Annihilation is pretty much, it's about a, a biologist who signs up for a dangerous secret expedition into a mysterious zone where the laws of nature do not apply. Let's... Stars. <laughs> stars. Uh, it's directed by Alex Garland, and it stars Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Leigh, and Tessa Thompson. But it is but it is also based on the novel by... God damn it. Jeff Vandermeer. It's, it is also based on the novel by Jeff Vandermeer. I give you Annihilation. Maybe. <laughs> Please edit that. Nope. Oh, you fuck. It's full. No. Start from the beginning. What do you think I do when you're away? You think I'm out in the garden pining, looking up at the sky? <laughs> Gotta leave a day early. Your husband's here. Let me see him. He was extremely ill. You have to tell me where he was, what he was doing. It was his decision to go in. It's something they termed the shimmer. We've sent in drones and teams of people, but nothing comes back. But something has. You're a biologist. You served in the military. If I knew what happened, I could save his life. The boundary's getting bigger, it's expanding. We're talking cities, states. You need to know what's inside. So do I. It's beautiful. Check this out. It's like they're stuck in a continuous mutation. Anything interesting in there? No. Sharks have teeth like that. It's not possible. You can't crossbreed different species. What is it? The soldiers on the last expedition. They went crazy. Or something in here killed them. Something's come through the fence. Through the fence? We have to go back. I can't go back. We can camp here tonight. It's destroying everything. It's not destroying. It's making something new. That stupid comment makes a lot more sense after seeing the movie. That it's making something new. It's not destroying anything. There's a reason why actually her delivery on that makes more sense after you've seen it. Um, anyway, uh, based on the uh, the uh, Southern, God damn it, the Southern Reach trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, written by Vandermeer. Uh, this is the first one. It's based off the first book, and this is a thinking sci-fi movie. It is. 
It is very well done, very well shot. It is, the acting is superb. The writing is superb. The visual effects, for the most part, are really, really good. Um, the production design, art direction, all of it is, this is like a sci-fi movie you want to see. All right. This is like, and, and the fact that it's done by Alex Garland, who did um, Ex Machina, mm-hmm. you know, he 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 co- he wrote the screenplay for this, got it in there, um, you know, changed some things a little bit from the book and stuff like that. Um, but for the most part, now, Natalie Portman's character, she plays um, a, cell- a cellular bio- biology professor, and she's um, it, it does this movie does like flashbacks, like it pretty much shows the end of the movie at the beginning of the movie. So it's like not giving anything away right at the beginning when when it, this she's here in the aftermath of the incident inside this thing called the Shimmer that you see in the trailer, that, that rainbow fucking globe thing, you know, that they're under, that dome. It lo- looks like um, the, uh, um, um, bubbles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a giant, yeah. uh, you know. The uh, rainbow, yeah, those, yeah, exactly. When you, when you blow a bubble. Yeah, and it's cool because when they're, bubble. And you can tell, like, when they're inside of it that there's this haze in certain parts and... and and it just what it works so well. About, okay, before I get into that, um, so her character, who's who's cellular cellular biology, you find out that she was also in the army for a few years, and that's how she met her husband, played by Oscar Isaac, who he shows up at the beginning, and then he's he, the trailer pretty much tells you what happens with him. He's he's sick, right? And something's bad, so she goes to and she goes to where he was at in the military during this expedition. And that's how she meets Jennifer Jason Lee's Dr. Ventures character. And then she goes into the shimmer with a group of other women um, to find out what's going on. And now they've had other expeditions that have gone in before them, but every single person besides Isaac that has gone in has either died or they've never come back. So actually in the movie, it's everyone died. Oscar Isaac's the only one that ever came out of it. So they, they didn't even know. They couldn't get radio communication, nothing. Once people went inside the Shimmer, they never saw them again. It might as well have been the, uh, you know, the, uh, oh, my God. What is that called? The Triangle, the Bermuda Triangle. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it might as well be the Bermuda Triangle, right? And this thing, this this dome is slowly, um, the Shimmer is, is slowly expanding and covering a larger and larger area over time. And eventually, they say, like, in a few years, it's going to pretty much cover the entire planet. So, um, it's it's an important thing, of course. They have to find out what the hell's going on. And so, yeah. So Natalie Portman, she wants to find out what the hell's wrong with her husband. And so she goes, she volunteers to go in there. And so her, Jennifer Jason Lee, Tessa Thompson, and two other characters, they go in there. And each one's got their own issues, their own problems. And it ties into the whole... This movie has a lot of... Um, the incidents that they go through um, are there's like metaphors for things that you experience in life. And I had this is one of those movies where it's because I only, I've only watched it once so far, even though it was a blind purchase, I had to um, I couldn't I couldn't get it all on the first time. So I because I had to do this review now, I, I looked ahead on like YouTube explanations of why this was like the movie was this way and the ending and all that stuff like that, so I could understand it better. And pretty much this movie is it's based on certain themes. It's it deals with themes of depression, um, how we deal with our own self destruction, self destructive tendencies, um, uh, cancer, um, and um, and grief, grief of loss. So, and it, it's all in one way or another. There's symbolisms about all those topics, those themes throughout this film. And 
it makes you think that, and that, that's what I love about a movie like this is that it does. It's not a simple, stupid, you know, sci-fi movie where oh, there's just monsters out to get us and shit like that. This movie has a very um, body snatchers vibe to me. I don't know if anyone else got it because I haven't. In other people's reviews that I've read of this movie, no one has mentioned body snatchers that I can recall. But this is like a more to me it is like a way more intricate telling of body snatchers in a way. Um, and uh, and I don't want to give too much of that shit away either. Like no another twist or anything like that. But the, what sell, sold me on this movie more than anything when I, when I was watching it, because the trailers could have been one way or another, and then I see the movie, and the movie could have sucked. So what sold me on it was the entire time I'm watching it, there's this feeling of dread the whole fucking time I'm watching, all the way till the end. And um, most movies can't make me feel that way when they have similar themes, like if you're in a post-apocalyptic world or a zombie movie or whatever. It, you, sometimes you, I just I'm, I'm I'm desensitized to most things, right? But a movie like this, the way it's shot, I'm feeling this like there's like something bad's going to happen, and I'm concerned while I'm watching. That that is well done. That is that is good filmmaking. That is expert filmmaking to make someone, especially like me, feel it in that way. And I felt it the whole time. So, um, regardless of that, though, I mean, besides that, the the acting is top notch. Everything's top notch with this movie. And absolutely loved it, and I'm going to watch it again. I, blind purchase, and I'm glad that I don't regret buying buying it as a blind purchase. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I didn't see it is because a and well, we saw Death, only... we saw Death Wish <laughs> instead. <laughs> no, I'm when it comes to full on sci fi films, yeah. I can only handle so much. Like I saw I saw Ex Machina. And I liked it because it, it's a mixture of sci-fi and oddity. And I remember at the time you were kind of reluctant to see it at first. Yeah, I'm just I, I'm not a big fan of. That's why I I didn't want to go see Gravity. Yeah, that's why I don't want to go see. Well, yeah, I don't want to watch Interstellar. If you're not in the mood for it, you're not in the mood for it. Right, and it it's just it, those types of movies do nothing for me. They they don't they don't um, they they hold no interest for me. Yeah, so like nothing, biopics for me. Yeah, you know, it just um, um, animation for you. Well, yeah, I mean, to a point. I mean, I, I enjoy animation now more because I'm looking at more things. Yeah, I mean, of I you. enjoy you, You've opened my eyes a little like, bit more to animation, so. Like Star Trek and whatnot, yeah. but like hardcore sci-fi stuff, mm -hmm. it bores me. Like even hardcore sci-fi books, you know, um, yeah. and I'm not talking about like um, Ellison or Heinlein. I'm talking like hardcore, real sci-fi you know, uh, detail books. Well, are you interested in um, seeing uh, Denny uh, Villeneuve's uh, version of Dune? He says it's going to be a two-parter. Yeah, that. Well, but that's not sci-fi. That's space fantasy, okay. space opera. Type You're right. Stuff. You're right. And yeah, so and and of course, I'm I'm always interested in that because. But even reading the book is difficult. I mean, Frank Herbert's Dune series is is in and of itself. Yeah. Um, incredibly. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, this movie Annihilation is it's gory too. It it has it does not hold back on times where it needs to be gory, and there's some fucking beautifully gory moments in this film. All right, so if my, that makes sense, it'll make sense when you see it. What I mean by beautifully gory. My pick is, come on, where are you? I guess we'll just go here. My pick is Rodan, um, not Rodan and Fields, Rodan, <laughs> Kultura? Jesus. 1956. Well, no wonder. Um, yeah, Rodan. Sorry, it's taking me a minute. I have to. <laughs> Music composed by. Fuck, his name disappeared. His last name was. Uh, I think his name was Akira. I fuck you, B. 
That's a weird name. It's just weird to us stupid Americans. I fuck you, B. That's <laughs> not how you say his name. I, I, I no, no shit. No shit, that's not how you well, say his name. Why would you do that? Because it's funny. And I entertain myself with <sighs> stupid, stupid rewording. You had no problem with Balake. You laughed at Balake, didn't you? But you didn't come up with it. <laughs> I fuck you, B is pretty funny. Mm. I fuck you, B. Rodan, a bug-eating pterodactyl flies out of a coal mine and wrecks Japan with sonic booms. Thank you, Jay Quillen. From hell it comes. Monster Up is a skyscraper. When he moves, the whole earth quivers and quakes, and an abyss of horror opens up. See these prehistoric beasts emerge from the bowels of the earth after 200 million years to devastate mankind. Supersonic jets cannot catch him. Rockets cannot stop him. are helpless before him. Even guided missiles are powerless. See Rodin destroy a modern city, leveling it to the earth with a killing airstream of his mighty wings. can stop him. Nothing escapes this monstrous beast of evil. I saw the English dub version, not the not the uh, subtitle version. Yeah, I still have it, in fact. And I actually had to stop. I had to turn it off because it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's really, really bad. Um, there are some moments where the miniature effects, like you saw in the trailer, where the the land is collapsing in on itself, the uh, tanks or the jeep. Well, the the jeep in uh, in particular, where it gets blown over by the windstorm, yeah, you could tell it's it's a toy, yeah. But when it smashes up against the rocks, that's a really good effect. Or yeah. when when the um when the bridge collapses, yeah, there are some m- massively awesome yeah. effects in this. Yeah, I look, and I can tell that like there was probably more effort put into that back in 1956 or 55 or whenever they made it before it was released in 56, um, that they put more effort into that, those visuals, than a lot of people do now on a, in front of, on a computer screen. Right. And, and the other thing is, is that then you have really, really bad effects hmm. where it like Rodan comes out of, of wherever he comes out of. Where he has the, the cancer earth. slit in his throat. Yeah, and he's, and he's turning his head. <laughs> And it's you could it's it's just an awful looking yeah. 
puppet. Oh, um, there's a there's another moment where like you see the saber jets flying through the air, and in some cases they're real jets. Yeah. Some cases they're not, but there's one effect where one of the saber jets gets hit. You can tell it was on a wire. Yeah. It's even in the trailer. Yeah, I saw it. That's and why it, I it just kind of it. flop in there. Yeah. And it, it, it's it's little details like that that take you out of the movie. Hmm. Um, I'm reminded of watching Siskel and Ebert. I was just watching Siskel and Ebert. Yeah. And they were doing a review of Friday the 13th Part 4. Uh-huh. And all they said was, this movie is fucking horrendous. It's depressing. It sucks. It's a piece of shit. Yeah. Don't go see it. Don't whatever else like that. And and because it, it just it paints this bleak picture of, mm-hmm. you know, you, you go to camp, you get murdered by somebody, and, and that's your life type of thing, right? Yeah. And... um that's all I can think of when I'm doing this review is this is just a bleak picture of absolutely nothing. Um, they're trying to capitalize, obviously, on Godzilla. Yeah. And by doing Rodan, they just kind of, it looks like they rushed into production. You know, the models and everything else, obviously, they just, they can do and, you know, with no problem. Yeah. But it's it's the actual acting, the talent that they get involved like if you're watching the the English dubbed version, it's so badly dubbed that when when you when you listen to the actors, there's nothing there. Yeah. Like there's bad emotion. The crying is awful. Yeah. And I I don't know when they overdubbed it. I don't know what year it was released for overdub. I'm assuming not long after 1956. Yeah. But I don't know if this is a newer dubbed version. Or the nineteen, let's just say nineteen fifty six plus version, okay. Yeah. But the people that were um, that were doing the overdubs, these these voiceover actors, for the most part, didn't convey anything. They phoned it in. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's just like if it, it's almost like monotone acting, you know, it's just like me reading off of shit. No, I mean, at least with, <laughs> with you reading off of stuff, there's there's energy. Mm-hmm. You know, with them, it just felt like they're going through the motions and doing nothing fry, more than fry. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> that's exactly it. The Ben Stein theory, yeah. right? You know, but yeah, it's just they're they're going through the motions and it takes you out of the picture. Like it would have been better if they had just shown the the original version with subtitles. Because at least then, with the Japanese actors, you get a sense of emotion, you and 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 um, fear and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the American versions, it's that entire translation is lost, <clears throat> and that's why a lot of people don't like dubbed anime, anyways. Yeah, you know, because it, the the sense of emotion and the, the sense of actual. Uh, 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 the feel of the actor, the the action, the actors, and this and that, yeah. doesn't fit with what they're trying to convey in the anime, um, which in some cases is completely changed. If you're a fan of Robotech or yeah. anything else like that, but <coughs> oh, I'm not t- here to talk about that. Um, as far as Rodan, I can't recommend this movie. Um, what is uh, it? A cheap companion to Godzilla? Yeah, it's 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 an awful it's an awful companion to Godzilla. Mm-hmm. There are better versions of Rodan that have been made, and and the 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 intro movie for Rodan is not good. Yeah. It, it 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 if you're into the kaiju Japanese movies as a collector and whatever else, obviously you get it. 
But <clears throat> for the most part, this is not a movie that you're going to watch and watch and watch. It's more watch like a again. learning tool if you're going to be a filmmaker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's one of those things that needs to be heavily edited and redone. Um, it's it's it, as Joe said, it's it's perfect for that type of thing yeah. where you you're a fledgling movie maker or fledgling editor or a sound effects yeah. guy. And high definition dude can't help this. Yeah, you, like, you, you can, can see the wires I bet a lot more when when Rodan's flying through shit. Yeah, and you can you can uh, go through the movie and edit it as you need to so that way it turns out to be a much better experience. Mm. But I mean, if you're looking for something that that is not like a really if you want to watch a movie that is a mixture of really good human interaction and 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 monster movies, watch the original Godzilla. Yeah. Like that's not that's not just like some monster rampaging through Tokyo or whatever else. That's for the most part, like there's there's Godzilla's just like a minor part of that movie. Yeah. He's he's still the major bad guy. Yeah. But for the most part, he's the minor p- villain. Or he's the he, it's my he's I'm sorry he's the major villain but he it's a minor character they didn't overshow him yeah thank you <clears throat> and 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 that movie in and of itself I think is is far better yeah than the introduction of Rodan so anyways I can't recommend this movie <laughs> all right okay so so what so what so what all right. So the uh, the film of the week that we did see together was... Uh, and was, finally... Well, not finally. I mean, we're going to talk about news and trailers and shit. And finally... <laughs> and finally, our review for Action Point, which is the, uh, the film... Why did it look like you misspelled that? Action Point is the film that we saw this week. So. <laughs> Oops. Anyways, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> I wonder how many tabs you can have actually open on your computer. Like, what's the total amount you're allowed to have until it fills up with the memory? All right. So, anyway, DC is the crackpot owner of Action Point, a low rent, out of control amusement park where the rides are designed with minimum safety for maximum fun. Just as his estranged daughter Boogie comes to visit, a corporate mega park opens nearby and jeopardizes the future of Action Point. To save his beloved park and his relationship with Boogie, DC and his loony crew of misfits must risk everything to pull out all the stops and save the day. Of course, starring Johnny Knoxville, here's Action Point. You should have just had the fucking you had that one up instead. That would have been a lot easier to read. A daredevil designs and operates his own theme park with his friends. I give you action point. Directed by <laughs> directed by Tom Kirkby, um, with seven writers who I'm not going to all name. But it, again, it, you're going way above and beyond. Just give the fucking director and give the actors. All right. So starring Johnny Knoxville and um, Chris Pontius and Dan Backadol. <laughs> <laughs> I give you action point. If I can find it. Well, I mean, there's a trailer right there above the this is the summary, man. Let's see what this baby can do. Okay, I gotta go. Thanks for taking care of her dad. She loves having you around. Hit it at the bottom of the ball. Really hot. Your mom ever tell you it's your old papa home on the greatest amusement parks of all time? Those days were different. There weren't so many rules. Your mom would come for the summer. Boogie! Hi! Oh, baby doll! Even back then, she was the voice of reason. You're the lifeguard. Shouldn't we be facing the water? Ah, let God sort them out. Ah! <laughs> 
What's our attendance today? Down about 45%. What? I suppose you've probably heard you got some competition in town. They've got roller coasters and a chairlift that actually works. This is our home. We can't just let somebody take it. Damn it! What this place needs is an excitement enema. We're going to make this place fast and loose. Every ride, steady go. Every attraction, no rules, no speed limits, just pure fun. That sounds kind of dangerous. Let's see what this baby can do. The new action point is now open. Free beer for trailer gave away way too many of the stunts in that movie yeah um this is based off of uh a place in new jersey called action park where four people died yeah uh the yeah uh, the, this movie was inspired by the 2013 documentary that giant Knoxville saw called the most insane amusement park ever yes so um yeah you know what this movie is um I, I like it, and I, you know, I like it, and I don't like it. It's it's a mix. It's a mixed bag for me kind of movie. You know, it. I like the fact that it wasn't too afraid to do things, to show things that, like, it was an ex- almost, to a point, it's an exaggerated form of, of the lack of safety that was in, you know, the 70s and 80s pretty much, right? Yeah. But... I mean, but it is definitely a little bit exaggerated for the fun of the movie. And, but it's also true. I mean, if you look at, like, say, riding in the back of a pickup truck. Yep. Holy shit, I missed that. I fucking really missed that. Really? Yeah. I thought it was great. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it sucks because, you know, I, I, I that, think we missed a lot of the movie considering how bad the sound was. Yeah, dude. Like it, half the fucking soundtrack. And oh, yeah. Else. They spent the, yeah, they spent the entire, um, trailers process. Um, just trying to adjust it. They had this fucking idiot standing there with a walkie-talkie going back and forth, just, uh, is it better yet? Uh, well, yeah, I have to do that because you can't hear anything up in the sound booth. Well, I was like, why didn't they just, like, him just standing right there just doing the with the, how how blaring the music the sound was? He should have just kept leaving and going back out to talk to the guy instead of talking while Because the, the guy that's up in the sound booth has to come downstairs to tell him and then go back upstairs. That's a waste of time. Yeah. It, well, it's all... So yeah, it, it's, it's just, just easier to do it with a walkie-talkie. So, yeah. What it was, was it was like the, the surround sound speakers went really, really low, and all you could hear are the actual effect sounds. It's, the, it sounded like a bad 70s trailer. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so all the... But the speakers under the screen... Or above the screen or behind the screen, whatever, they were coming like it, like like someone turned the volume way too high, and the treble was way too high, and it just was like, right, and it 
And yeah, it sounded like I was listening to AM it, radio. It, it, there was, it was more than that. Well, yeah, 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 that's essentially essentially what it was. Is remember those old old uh, grindhouse trailers? Yeah, you know. Um, and that's not the movie. It's the movie itself. I'm not trying to knock the movie itself, but it doesn't help the fact that this movie only made two million its first weekend, right? And that we go see it. We're like the only one of what five people that were in the theater. We're only two of the five people in the theater, and. Yeah, hold on a second. Let me. I, I want to play one of the gold grindhouse trailers. Okay. So if you can hear this, this is. Are we watching Kill Bill? <laughs> if, if you're listening to the music right now, that's pretty much what it sounded like. It's it, it um, staticky, but you know, like blown speakers and stuff like that. I could kill them for what they've done to you. Elizabeth, I don't know what madness is upon us. So that it's kind of so, like that. So when you hear that, and I know that we didn't play too much of it, we yeah, don't. <laughs> don't what madness lies like a curse upon this family? So, I, just to give you a little bit more of that, but when you heard that particular thirty-nine seconds of the trailer that we're playing, that is basically what the sound sounded like minus the static but and louder a lot louder yeah and a thousand times louder because um it was so bad that it made my it was causing problem with my tinnitus in my right ear Uh and but that's exactly what it sounded like is it sounded like 70s movie theater yeah and at times it sounded like i was listening to an am radio station through a pillow yeah (laughs) so you like when they were playing music in that movie most of the music, hear it. most of the music, I, I don't even know what the fuck they played. Yeah, they played the Clash. They played one song of the Clash that I could hear, uh-huh. and that was it. Yeah. So, and you know, like I said, I can't blame the movie for it, but it's oh, not a good, God. it's not a good sign when the movie's tanking in the box office, and then we see it, and it, it's got shitty audio because of the theater. Yeah, and it's it's not the theater's fault, but uh, and it's it's tanking because of three reasons. You have Solo, you have oh, Deadpool, yeah, well, and you have Avengers. Too. Yeah. You know, so you have three movies ahead of it, and it was barely marketed. Like, we, I don't. Did, were there many trailers on TV for it? No, yeah. no. See, I mean, that's got to hurt it right there. But um, you know, I I don't know what it cost. Solo was also poorly marketed, and that, and that they say that's the biggest reason why it's tanking right now. Yeah, I mean, the, the more people are seeing it in the second week mm-hmm. and talking about how good it is, and so I think it's going to carry over into the third week. Because it's only been out for two weeks. I and mean, there ain't shit out this week. So, I mean, this week is Hotel, Hotel Artemis. Artemis man. And look, Hotel Artemis looks good to us, but imagine, you know that movie's not going to make a shit ton of money. If if it makes $30 million this weekend, I'd be surprised. Um, Hell, if it makes $25 million, I'll be surprised. I'd be surprised if it, if it doesn't. It just looks like one of those kind of movies that a lot of people aren't going to get and they're not going to want to go see it. Yeah, this movie may it only cost $19 like, million. Oh, you're talking about, you're talking about yeah, action points. Right. So, but... Yeah. It's and it's made two point three. Look, I miss which sucks. Johnny Knoxville's one of those guys where I like seeing him. I like seeing him on screen. Remember the last time we saw him that I can recall was when we went and saw the Last Stand with uh, Schwarzenegger. Remember, he was a great character in that. He was barely shown. He, he should have had more to do, but he was he was always a, a high point with that movie. If you can remember that, because <laughs> that was what movie? Um, the Last Stand with Schwarzenegger back in twenty thirteen. Yeah, he was fine in that movie. Yeah. But see, he wasn't in it enough, so yeah. it doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is when you see Knoxville, you like him. He's got that energy. You always want to watch him when he's on screen, you know? 
So to see him again is it's a good thing. You know, I, I like I like the Jackass crew. They've got the reason why the Jackass movies worked is because the charismatic um, of the of the lead lead uh, you know players. I don't know, I don't I don't know if you want to call them actors, but you know what I mean. Right. You know, Party Boy and Wee Man, and we're just calling those the, guys the, yeah. the players. Yeah, and so. When you see a movie that's got Johnny Knoxville and it's got Party Boy in there, Chris Pontius, and it's doing jackass type shit, I'm on board. I want to see it because I like that shit, you know? And they throw a stupid plot in with it, which is fine. I don't expect this movie to be... This to be, movie wasn't anything more than it needed to be. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't try to be. Yeah, exactly. It didn't try to be more than it was, and and so I, I don't come into this movie thinking it's going to be some art house fucking metaphor for for life or anything. It's just a it's just a movie that's kind of nostalgic in a way, and it's fun and goofy, and like I, and it's short. It's not like it's over being preachy or anything. You know, it didn't. You don't need any of that shit. We already know that all the stuff they're doing at the park is wrong and stupid. You know. But that's not the point. The point is that you're seeing this stupid bullshit happen in front of your eyes, and it's funny. Yeah, and and, and the movie doesn't suffer from those badly written scripts where you have a moment of self-doubt, a moment of reflection, a moment of heartache or whatever, where the character, the main character, in this case Johnny Knoxville, yeah. sits there and... and laments that his entire life is falling apart. Yeah. He just he goes, "Okay, fuck it." And just we're yeah. just going to go after it and make it even better yeah, or and there was, worse. Yeah. There was only one moment I can recall in the entire film where it got a little too emotionally heavy, and that was that was the scene where he's sitting down talking with his daughter about, you know, going through a divorce and all that stuff like that. Right. But it wasn't too long, but because in the in, in No, but it, but it was a necessary piece. Yeah. Yeah, it you just know, they, it wasn't it wasn't a throwaway. She got tired of his bullshit and said, "I'm fucking out of here," and and decided, you know, at some point, it, it's the bad news bears thing, yeah. right? Where you have the 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 know it all teen, yeah. that thinks that they're going to change the world, yeah. but really they they're helpless and they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, it just. It just that scene. It felt like a um, a contrast, like almost almost an almost contrast to the rest of the film because the rest of the film was just easy go lucky whatever the fuck happens happens shit right right but you you kind of needed that contrast to put Knoxville yeah. into this role of cuz he's he's playing his grandfather yeah right and then in, in so it shows him as his reckless Youth, yeah. if you want to call him that, yeah, beerholic. <laughs> yeah, you know where where he's really he's like fifty years old, almost fifty years old, and he owns an ag- he owns a he owns a theme park. Yeah, quote unquote. Yeah, and more like he owns land with stuff on it. Yeah, he owns land <laughs> with a bunch of fucking rides on it. Yeah, um, you know, and it's just a big dirt plot, right? Yeah, but you needed that. You needed that levity. You needed that scene to show that Knoxville's human. Yeah, and or like, his character is human, and yeah. so he's not an unredeemable character. Right? Yeah, and, yeah, and and he cares about his the people that he's with. He cares about yeah. his losers club. He cares about you know his daughter and everything else. Yeah. And he doesn't have to go into all these explanations. He doesn't have to paint a backstory of why he got. He divorced. is who he is. You yeah. know, and why he's living in California and there in New York. Yeah, it didn't have to be where Even all though of a we sudden know that. He, he goes to fucking... The movie could have went that stupid, predictable direction where he goes to AA 
and and he starts going to the gym or some shit, right? And all the stuff he's got to make. Yeah, that I'm going to change my life. Yeah, you and, know, and, and he doesn't. He's like, "Fuck it, we're just going to go see the Clash. I'll go back east with you and yeah. hang out." Yeah, and so I, you know what? And look, and that scene, you're right. It is important, but I think it maybe went on for an extra thirty seconds too long because it started. It got near the end. It started to feel like this is like going too far away from the fun kind of thing. Yeah. So and I agree with that. So yeah, it, but um, but, but yeah, I, I, you know, the critics are fucking, you know, not, what, like most of the critics fucking hate this movie, and it's like, what do you want? I, I, you know, you want some dumb fun? Here's some dumb fun. You know, you like you like Bad Grandpa. It's like the Star Wars social justice warriors. You know, and look, Bad Grandpa is a better movie to me. I than don't this, want but, the Force Awakens because it's too much like Star Wars: A New Hope. Yeah. But so, I, I, I don't I don't want the Last Jedi because it goes away from the entire story and and introduces elements that it didn't ever exist. Yeah. Okay. So we gave you we gave you the same. Uh, well, I want the same but different. Then we gave you different. So what do you want? Well, I I want the same but different. Yeah, I, I think the what the fuck. The only thing I you know that I would have liked more from this movie. Is I mean the movie's really short. It's like eighty four minutes with credits, so that means that the movie's probably seventy nine minutes or so before credits. So um, vomit social layers. I, I would have liked um, more time um, with with the, with all the kids that worked at the park with him, because they kept they pretty for the most part they stayed kind of in the background and they just reacted for a moment here and there off Knoxville. Right, they're always there, but they're always just like still in the background kind of. Um, and so, I don't know, maybe there could have been more events that happened while they're at the park. I, I would have been cool to see more incidents, like with the, the killer guy, you know? Remember Killer? Played by uh, whatever the fuck his name was. Um, by Matt Schultz from Fast and Furious. How he's just the, the uh, unofficial bouncer of the fucking park because yeah. he just won't leave. Right? I mean, that's funny. And, um, like, but uh, what, did you, what did you think of Chris fucking Pontius' character where he was funny... He was a throwaway character. He was a dumb funny, but there was a couple times where he felt like a little, I don't know, like a little creepy, how he got a little too personal about certain things. You know what I mean? He was just a, he was a throwaway character. It meant nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, he was, he had. I mean, there was some, there were some creepy parts, but it's like he never grew up type of thing. Yeah, yeah. So he's this perpetual 12-year-old girl. Yeah, so you can pretty, I mean, look, the movie shows it in a way where it, you, you, you know, you don't get the impression that he's a pervert or anything. He's just. Stupid. He's like an immature adult, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a except there's for a, that chick he hooked up with. That chick he hooked up with. She looked like she was like 15. Yeah. There's a movie review from Plugged In, mm-hmm. uh, which focuses on the family. But what did they say? Uh, basically, they said uh, there was a sex scene in the movie. Yeah. When the when the newscaster man when when Pontius is stuck oh, under right, them right, and then right, the shit right, drips right. onto and, the, and the fucking chum All right yeah. um not not every amusement park features sparkling clean rides and smiling blah 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 um here i'm just going to read what they said real quick action point isn't much of a movie no matter how sli- how you slice its vomit soaked layers there was one scene where somebody vomited yeah and there was one there was one scene where splooge splooge thank you <laughs> jizz um Ends up on Pontius's hand, you know. I mean, there was a couple and the dog. Yeah, and there there was a couple. There was a couple. You know, the dogs fucking. Yeah, that was funny. Oh yeah, the pullout. Yeah, and and then um, for but for the most part, well, there's there's okay. The Chris Pontius scene bugs me because he never takes the tape out of his back out of the back of his shorts Uh and puts it on top of the the 
the um, the stack of tapes that he was supposed to replace. Yeah. And then when that scene is over and then they watch the commercial, yeah. all of a sudden it's playing the tape that yeah. they replaced, right? So that that entire sequence... Continuity. Yeah, was was ruined. They could have yeah, edited out some... They, yeah, maybe because edited for time or... Edited for time? Yeah, what if they edited out something that, that would have shown that... The, 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 ed, edited out the fact that he just took the tape out of his pants and put it on top of the the stack of tapes that were already there. Yeah. Just edit out 10 seconds. Well, what if he ran back in or something and he he changed it, you know, he fixed it. He, I'm just saying. I, I'm, I'm No, he wasn't even anywhere close to the room when he ran away. Oh, I don't know. Then just just okay, there you go. There's just bad fucking editing. Yeah, there was it was a continuity problem and it was bad editing. He literally didn't even put the fucking yeah. commercial in with the stuff that he needed to put. Uh, that's my my problem with this movie stems from uh, where do I begin? <laughs> um, I've never been a fan of Jackass. No, huh? Oh shit! Um, I I could care less about about their stunts. I always thought their stunts were juvenile at best. Some yeah, I you're absolutely right. There are some that are fucking stupid. And and I you know I I watched it. Don't get me wrong. I've mm-hmm. watched the first two movies. <laughs> um, I just I'm not a fan of this. I've, I'm I'm not a fan of Jackass. Yeah, that's it's it's that simple. I I don't I've it's not interesting to me. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's not good. It doesn't mean that it's not fun or funny. But you see the charisma of the main people. But like, I, I, I'll give you an example. Bam Margera. Yeah. Okay. I can't stand that guy. He's kind I, of a prick. And and I I can't stand I like when he would go in and beat up on his dad. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Phil. I don't fucking dad, care. Yeah. That that. Didn't make me laugh. That, that was always, embarrassing. I felt like, like, why the fuck is his dad allowing him to do this? Like, if if that if that were my kid, I would have thrown him out a fucking window. Oh, I mean, and there's a couple times, and I'm not justifying this at all, because bam, this bullshit. But there's a few times where Phil actually like got like bit back at, at Bam because if you watch like Viva La Bam and all that other shit. But I'm talking but, about the first time if that ever happened. Yeah, yeah. I would have thrown him through a fucking window. Yeah, and look, the only thing I could think of is that. Phil either lets it all go because it's on TV and they're making money off of it, or it's because he let his son fucking walk all over him his whole entire fucking life, and so he gets away with whatever he it, wants to get away with. But it feels like like it's a little bit of both. Yeah. You know, that they're doing it because it's on TV, and that the, the things are getting more and more outrageous, like the fucking lawnmower <laughs> into the hole. I'm outrageous. Yeah. You know, I, I, that stuff I could, I, I don't care. But like the act, like there, there's a, there was one where they had a, a prank where it was a gigantic hand in the hallway. Yeah. And, and Wee Man was walking along and this fucking gigantic hand came out of nowhere yeah. and <laughs> fucking hit Wee Man and knocked him over. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, that's fucking hilarious. That shit is funny. Oh yeah, you know. Um, but what I don't find funny is stuff like Johnny Knoxville had like a Ferrari mm-hmm. or some fucking really it was, expensive. It car. was Bam's Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. Was it the tooth pull? I, I'm pretty sure it was Knoxville's car, and they did it to Knoxville first, and then Knoxville got them back by fucking up Bam's Ferrari. Was it? Uh, or was it the? Was it the tooth pull? Thing or uh, no? It would, they spray painted. They they fucked up his car somehow. Okay, I remember in um, 
in the one where um, Rake Yawn, they fucking pour mustard all over him, and he fucking goes ape shit because he hates mustard. He goes and kicks the shit out of uh, Bam's uh, knee, um, Acura. Um, no, that's not what I'm talking about. But uh, shit. I'm talking specifically about Johnny Knoxville bought a brand new car. Uh-huh. And and I'm, this is what I remember. And I could be wrong. But Johnny Knoxville bought a brand new car and Bam borrowed it. Uh-huh. And fucked it up. Yeah. And Johnny Knoxville got pissed. Yeah. So he took it out on Bam's fucking like Ferrari or Lamborghini, mm-hmm. like big time, and and didn't crash it. He fucking spray painted it to get back at Bam because you know that um, you don't fuck with another man's vehicle. Yeah, that's the rules. <laughs> so yeah, it, um, ow, God, that chair hurts. All right. I don't remember that. I, you know, I'm not, well, it, it sounds a little bit familiar. I just think maybe some of the stories a little mixed differently or something. But, um, there, I know there's something. It could have been another guy's car that got fucked up. But yeah, there's, there's been a few incidents where they took someone's vehicle. I remember like on the Tom Green show when he stole his dad's car and he had, um, the, the, the sluts put on the, the hood. Yeah, that was funny. God damn, that was funny. Holy shit. He went to go pick his dad up at the bus stop. It's a slutmobile, dad. So slow. <laughs> there were here it is. There were maybe some, it's this there, one. Right there here. were some good Tom Green skits. Oh, oh, there the Hummer. This might be it. I think I think this is it. But you know, oh, and here is another one. Friend pumps forty five k worth of diesel. Yeah, forty five thousand dollars worth of diesel into Bam's fucking Ferrari. How do you get forty five thousand? How do you get forty five thousand? How do you fit forty five thousand dollars? No, worth no, no. Of he caused forty five thousand dollars damage. Oh, it's a bad, bad title then. Yeah, because you have to re- pretty much replace the whole motor and uh, maybe even the exhaust system. Yeah, well, you have to empty. You basically have to empty the the car. And um, yeah, Ryan Dunn and, and Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> do I have something on my face? <laughs> Anyways, I, I, you know, things like that. So I have it mixed up. So Johnny Knoxville wrecked Bam's Hummer. Yeah. And, um, but I just, that stuff I, I can't abide by, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I'm sure, I mean, it's insured and everything else. What about, um, like, like uh, exploiting someone's extreme fears, like fears that make them have a fucking episode? That depends on what the fears are. Okay, like in Jackass 3, um, there's a scene where they make Bam think that they're going to do a prank on someone. All of a sudden, he walks on the stage and he falls into a pit and it's full of fucking snakes and he's deathly afraid of snakes. Now the snakes are poisonous, though, but still. He's thrown I'm his, okay with that. And he's fucking crying in there because he can't get out. They yes, just, I, 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 I know. And then the only person that came, and this is where I saw the true friend thing, is the only person that came and tried to help him out of the fucking pit without delay was, was Ryan Dunn because they were best friends growing up. He came in there and he fucking threw his arm in there and, and he, he pulled Bam out of that pit. Okay, so? I, I just always remember that. that they, they, you could see, see how good friends they were because of that shit. Like, but it's a prank, so who, I mean, I don't give a shit. Friend or not, you're not in any trouble, and and there's cameras around, so He's big deal. Still upset. I mean, because they did a prank, uh, and in the previous film, they did a snake fucking prank on him uh, as well. Okay. So and he freaked the fuck out, and this time he's surrounded by snakes, and he can't. If you're part of a prank show, I'm sorry. If you're part of the, if you're part of a prank show like Jackass, and you tell someone your fucking fears, mm-hmm. or someone finds out what your fears are, that's your fault. If you don't want anyone to know anything about you, you don't say shit. I'm deathly afraid of snakes. Don't even say it. Don't even mouth it. Don't word it. Don't, don't, 
Don't mime it. Fine, Don't fine. fucking pantomime it. But what if your fear is getting your fucking Hummer damaged? Then, again, you're part of a show, and you should know better. Hide it. Anything. I'm pretty Don't sure keep that, it around. that advertising for that, they probably he probably got a fucking replacement for See free. what I'm saying? So that, you, I, I just uh, that shit. That's that's why I, I I don't care about the jackass stuff because it just it isn't my thing. That's and that doesn't mean that it's not good or it's you, not. But bad. you see, there is some entertainment value in there. Yeah, there is some entertainment value yeah. because I watched it obviously. Yeah, and like when I watched Action Point, I, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I like Johnny Knoxville. Well, you also like the the retro shit because the retro shit reminds you of yeah, younger time. Who cares about the retro shit? Okay, I well. watch Action Point because I like Johnny Knoxville. Okay, the, because the I, retro stuff is is a minor part of it. I I I like the movie because it takes the best of jackass mm. which is the stunts and stuff like that which i i like and and because i like and again i like johnny knoxville and throws him into this it, it puts him into a scene where it's perfect for johnny knoxville yeah which is a chaotic a chaotic fucking um uh what do you call it loser uh, no <laughs> um free spirit Jerk off. I can't think of every word for you, man. I just said it takes Johnny Knoxville and puts him in a chaotic environment for a theme park. Uh-huh. And, and I, I couldn't think of and the hel- theme park. And, and, you're, and you're coming up with... And hilarity ensues? And you're coming up with all these other words that have nothing to do with puts him in an environment. <laughs> Shish kebab? Yeah. Shawshank Redemption? Fuck? Chicago. Oh, you're, you're out of here. Go. Yep. Get the fuck out. <laughs> So, yeah, so it puts him in this chaotic environment for, like, a theme park. It's not really a theme park, amusement park. And uh, allows the viewers to watch the best of both worlds, which is Johnny Knoxville being jackass. Yeah. And it's a movie. So I can't understand why this movie isn't doing better. Yeah. No, it is. (coughs) I I think the, the two main reasons are marketing. And then also the fact that it, it's came, they came, it came out at a time when you have all these other bigger movies out. Yeah, I, I would have to assume um, if it had come out in probably like August. Yeah, why didn't they July. do like February or why didn't they do a February release for this fucking movie? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think that um, I, I think that they were thinking that because it's not a big action movie, yeah. that they're going to get some of the the fill. The, the filler crowd yeah. to go and see this movie while everything else is pretty much sold out. Yeah. And they're just not thinking ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 look, this movie's not a piece of shit. It's, um, it, I, it's not a great movie. It's, it's, but it's entertaining. Yeah, it's, it's a fun movie. Go yeah, see it. Yeah, go see it. Go, you know, support this, man. $19 million budget, and the motherfucker broke his eye socket to make this movie. Yeah. Okay, so go see it. Yeah, it's <laughs> he was blowing his nose and his fucking eyeball popped out of his head. Yeah, that's that's what he sacrificed to make this movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, hey, so that's that's twelve dollars. That's why I didn't use my free ticket for, um, for that. Like the uh, not not the one they gave for the bad sound. I mean, you know, the free on my movie pass. I do have to say this is it's very difficult to say support this movie when it was made in South Africa because <laughs> I'm not a fan of South Africans. They're the most racist people on the planet. And I just um, the white people, the white yeah. people. <laughs> let, let me, let me clarify that. South African. <coughs> hey, you, I don't. You. I, I and and I follow. I follow in my father's footsteps, which is uh, I just can't abide by um, 
the people that are in control there mm. in South Africa. So uh, it's hard to say I recommend this movie yeah. when it's financed by South, the South African government. Just get out of here. <coughs> Kaffa lava. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So, yeah, there we go. Uh, see it, man. See, I mean, you know, regardless. So you, 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 regardless is the word of the fucking week, isn't it? So, as long as you're not saying it, regardless. All right. So uh, last up, last up, we're going to talk about Hotel Artemis. What about it? All right. We're going to go see that one next. Yeah. So talk about it. So let me read my fucking little snappy. I was trying to set you up for it, but you just... You... I'm not playing the trailer. Oh, you, you, okay. Well, fine. Um... <laughs> we don't play the trailer on when we do our movie of the week thing. All right. So, yeah. Next up, we'll see uh, Hotel Artemis. It's, um, as, so as rioting rocks Los Angeles in the year 2028... Disgruntled thieves make their way to Hotel Artemis, a 13-story members-only hospital for criminals. It's operated by the nurse, a no-nonsense high-tech healer who has, who also, or who already has her hands full with a French assassin, an arms dealer, and an injured cop. As the violence of the night continues, the nurse must decide whether to break her own rules and confront what she's worked so hard to avoid. Um, Directed by Drew Pierce. Yeah. Okay. This. Um, I mean, it seems like it's got elements of uh, of smoking aces to it, and it looks interesting. And like, it's got that independent feel with good actors in it, kind of uh, interesting. But here's the thing, because it's reminding me of another movie that looked interesting was the Belko Experiment. Um, I saw that movie finally, and the Bo- the Belko Experiment has some cool ideas, and there's a couple cool things that happen. But overall, it was a waste of time movie. All right, and that that's my one worry about Hotel Artemis is that even though it looks good in concept and in trailer form, I'm worried that it it'll end up just so ultimately sucking. That's my worry. But other than that, it looks interesting, and I like I like the cast. And I like I, when I read about um, Jodie Foster fucking with Dave Bautista while they were filming the the movie. That uh, that's pretty funny, you know. Like like oh hey no you're not that big. Liam Neeson's a lot bigger than you and shit like that. She would fuck with him, and and he him you know like looking up to Jodie Foster as like an acting uh, uh, mentor in a way or whatever you want to call it. Um, he took everything she said seriously. So um, it's just funny to read about shit like that. So I, I, I want this to be good and I hope it is good. So thoughts. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Anytime now. <laughs> I bet Joe one time that he couldn't shut up for 30 seconds and he still lost. That was so funny. And I've done that with not just Joe, but with my with my cousin, with my cousin, my my nephew, um, because Joe Joe gets excited about a lot of shit, and it's fun to watch. But sometimes he just goes on and on, and I thirty I love seconds, him. thirty I, seconds. I love him for it. <laughs> but <laughs> I just did thirty seconds without it. No, you didn't, because you were talking I, before that. I can. <laughs> this movie is basically. Um, a John Wick style sequel. Okay, um, you have a hotel. It's called Hotel Artemis, even though it's a hospital. But they call it Hotel Artemis, which is perfect. But this is obviously inspired by the hotel that is seen in John Wick and John Wick. Why do you think it's the executor or something like that? It's not the executor. I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll look it up in a minute. They're going to make it into a TV show too, right? Yeah, and what I think is really good about well, Sophia Boutella is in this. Wasn't she in the first one or second one? Uh, no, she was in Atomic Blonde. That's probably why you're thinking of her. So, who who was the oh um uh, Pad- Padalecki? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adrienne. Adrienne Padalecki. Padalecki, yeah. She was in the first one. So, yeah. Okay, she was in the Secret Service. Um, yeah, she was the laser legs, or the sword legs chick. Gazelle, I think it was her character's name. Yeah. So, right yeah, thank you. Um, Just want to keep the memory going, man. Like I said, this is so obviously inspired by the actual, this hotel that's in John Wick, which is a hotel, you know, and whatever else, hotel, restaurant, yada, yada, yada. But this is like extrapolating that into another safe haven for criminals, assassins, or whatever else, you know, set in a distant future 10 years from now, where they have a nurse or where they have somebody that's taking care of and helping these people, you know, can I help you? Yeah, it's the uh, the Continental. That's the name of the hotel in John. Wayne. Oh, okay. So that's what this is basically. I think is, is based on. Yeah. Um. It's I. I like David Batista in this already. Yeah. Um. He plays a nurse. I like Jeff Goldblum's character. Although I just saw some. Again, watching Cisco and Ebert. Yeah. And they were reviewing. They were reviewing a Jeff Goldblum movie. And I can't remember which movie it was, but it was... Wasn't it set in another universe? Yeah. yeah it was I, uh, directed by Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, Richard Dreyfus was starring in it, and he was also produced by him, I believe. And that is so weird that we both just fucking watched that. Like, I think I watched that today. But if you watch Jeff Goldblum in his early career where he's actually trying to fucking act... Yeah, like in um, Body Snatchers. Yeah. Um, uh, the Sentinel. That's what I think it is. Um no, uh, no, the one that they did was either from 82 or 84. Um, so it was... Uh, no, it wasn't 82. Terror in the Isles? <clears throat> no. Look up, just look up um, Richard Dreyfuss, John, Jeff Goldblum movie. Donald Sutherland. Well, yeah, Jeff Goldblum's been in more than fucking one movie with uh, Donald Sutherland. Yeah, I can't remember the name. I don't know why it's not showing it because... Because I think everyone wants to forget it. <laughs> Because yeah. I never heard of that movie before seeing it on fucking uh, Cisco and Ebert, dude. It was, it was early 80s. I know that. Early to mid. Um, also producer. You could well, try uh, The Big Fix. I don't think that's it, though. <coughs> I would say just look up a uh, film with Richard Dreyfuss and Jeff Goldblum. I don't think he directed it. I think he just produced it. He directed it. So I, I watched the, um, the, the final cut, the ultimate cut of uh, Close Encounters. I bought it on Blu-ray. It's one of those movies I didn't enjoy when I was a kid. I just thought it was boring. I like it more as an adult now because all the themes I understand better. But I'll tell you what. I still fall asleep every time I watch that goddamn movie. Every fucking time. I tried to watch it last week and I, I fell asleep in the last 45 minutes of it, I think. The big fix? I mean, it, try the big fix. I mean, it's the, not the big fix. Okay. That's weird. It's like that movie's fucking forgotten, dude. Like, like they don't... Or are we in our own um, uh, Kazam? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, yeah, I remember, like, it was either 82 or 84. There it is. Yeah, yeah, I remember the piano being played. Where the fuck is... I don't see Goldblum in there. thought it was a competition. Oh, well, maybe a... Was it a French film? Yeah, it was. It, it had a foreign vibe to it. <laughs> but, that, I mean, it should still be on his filmography. That's what's weird. Just, I, yeah, do film with Jeff Goldblum and... I'm not going to do Jeff Goldblum and... I'll just give me a second. But anyways, getting back to Jeff Goldblum, like if you watch him in his early years doing stuff, like Jeff Goldblum was turned into Christopher Walken. Yeah, he's like he's, he's like a he's stuck in the same exact character for the rest of his life. Yeah, he's doing a parody of himself, which makes no sense. Hi, I'm 
Jeff Goldblum. Caricature. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Christopher Walken. It's my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> and I did that on my son's birthday. I kept they had they have a ten hour loop of that fucking scene on YouTube. And I, I put it on the loop and I played it during his birthday just to fucking piss everybody off. Why? Because it was funny. It was funny. You only do it for a couple minutes and then you stop. But um but it's just funny to hear it just keep overdoing it. It's my birthday. <sighs> Damn, they they just they don't want you to know about this fucking yeah. movie. Because I remember everyone keeps getting shot in the movie. I I spelled his name wrong. Like every scene, another person gets shot. Because I remember Siskel and Ebert talking about it. Mad Dog Time. That you know what? That's the name of it. That is it. Nineteen ninety six. Oh, you know what? That it is true because I watched yep, the yep, yep. I watched the worst films in nineteen ninety six. That's, that's exactly what it is. That's why I got thrown off because everything else I watched was either from eighty two or eighty four. Larry Bishop is directed by Larry Bishop. So, yeah, if you watch Jeff Goldblum in this movie, he's actually really good. There's a couple of scenes that I watched, and and it, it's fine. It's, it's supposed to be set in some sort of weird future, but yeah. who cares? Uh, that was the same year I think he did another movie with Alicia Silverstone called Hideaway, which was weird. It was fucking weird because the ending is completely different than the rest of the movie. The ending, he becomes like a god. It's so weird. Fucking super weird. Anyways. Moving I on. I need to use that as a reference movie, like where it goes in a direction that is so fucking asinine, like out of out of blue, nowhere crazy, hideaway. Okay. All right. Anyways, so we're going to go see Hotel Artemis. I don't think it's going to suck. No, I don't think it's going to suck either. But I'm not holding my breath. But I do have reservations on it. I definitely do. 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> even though I don't like using Rotten Tomatoes anymore. But 81% like this movie, and it's got a 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah, I I'm not. That's why I don't put anything into into Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. Well, yeah, I mean, look, you sometimes you know the, the public has a different view on a movie than the critic does. So, all right. Um, so before we end this one, uh, just a couple of uh, news snippets that I saw real quick. Uh, so it was announced that Jared Leto is going to be playing uh, Joker again in a Joker yeah. spinoff film, um, according to uh, this uh, Dark Horizons. Uh, article I read, it says that pretty much they're going to make at least two spinoff films from Suicide Squad, where there's going to be a Harley Quinn movie, and there's also going to be a Joker movie. But the odd part is is that, from what I understand, there's also going to be another Joker movie that's being made that's going to be an origin film starring Joaquin Phoenix as Joker, and it's going to be produced by Martin Scorsese. So that's very weird. Very strange. No, well, there's three different Joker movies being made. Oh, now there's three. It's, it's turning into Avatar. Okay, so yeah. Anyway, it's fucking weird. And they look. That's just another sign of DC Warner Brothers not knowing what the fuck they are doing. I mean, there was a. I even watched this. I watched this uh, seven minute YouTube video. Um, by this guy who really well put together, where he shows the reason why the action scenes work in most of the Marvel oh, films. Well, it's and not why, it's not really a third Joker film. There's a Suicide Squad sequel okay. being made, and and <laughs> and why the action scenes, most of the action scenes in the um, in the new DC Extended Universe films don't work. And it, it's really intelligent, and he breaks it down, and it makes perfect fucking sense why. Without, because there's a lot of times where you can watch something and you get a feeling that something's not right because it looks like 19. 19- it looks like early 2000s Spider-Man movies. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is is that sometimes when you see something and you know what's off but you can't put your finger on exactly what it is, 
You know, I'll, I'll give you the, the opposite. Because nothing looks right. Okay, exactly. But you don't, but still, it's like, what is it exactly? Like, say, the opposite of that. The opposite is of when you're watching Stranger Things, and as you're watching it, you get this feeling. You, you always, you're constantly feeling the nostalgia of, of 80s type shit, like Spielberg type shit. Like, how, how much more specific can you get with it doesn't look right, and it looks like the early 2000s Spider-Man movie? What I'm saying is, is that sometimes... Like they use fucking Ken dolls. <laughs> like it looks like certain times where there's like this doesn't this isn't working right you know and it's like yeah what? because it all looks it, it it's all enormously garbage fake bad cg bad acting bad writing bad scripting yeah bad sequencing bad editing Everything about it doesn't make any sense. The only thing that was ever good about that is when Batman and Superman face off and Batman... Ver- Batman v. Superman. Yeah, in Dawn, Dawn of Justice, yeah. whatever the fuck they want to call it. Yeah, BVS. The, 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 you know, the, the bag of shit is what they should have called it. <laughs> B-A-S. <coughs> B-O-S. Where... where Affleck has a helmet on and he's looking straight at Superman and Superman's eyes go red and then they cut, right? Yeah. And that was just a tease. Everything that's wrong with with DC superheroes comes right down to this. They if you look at Tim Burton and Tim Burton's Batman, they they try to go realistic. Yeah. Okay. And then when you look at Joel Schumacher's Batman, they went way too extreme with the with the fake. Oh, he said, in, like in between takes when they were ready to do another scene, he would say, "Remember, we're making a cartoon." Right. And 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 then you have Christopher Nolan, who he went for realism, which is fine. But again, like ultra realist, fuck man. But. Again, when you're trying to make a superhero movie and you see, and, and, and here's the specifics. When you see Thor and Vision standing there and you see Vision flying. F- flying going through walls. Okay, not going through walls. You see Vision standing there floating. Yeah. And you see his cape. And it's fucking directly pulled from the comics where his cape is, is not hanging limply against his back. Yeah. It's floating. Yeah. Like if you watch... If you look at, you watch the the animated series, and you read the comics, and you look at Superman standing there, his cape isn't flopping against his body. His cape is doing all sorts of weird things, like it's a spawn cape. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's it's floating, it's moving, it's 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 flowing with the wind. If you look at Batman, the same exact thing. If you look at the way these guys draw the capes, Todd McFarlane is the, is one of the biggest ones. Yeah, where the cape is just going in all directions, and and Batman is standing there, but you can still see his outline. Yeah, and that's what's missing from these movies is cartoon esque, but re- it, it's a mixture of cartoons and real. Yeah, where it. It's possible that these things can happen, but people will go, God damn, that looks just like the comic. Mm-hmm. You know, when Thor is standing there with his cape, even when it's ripped, you can still see that it looks like the cape from the comic. Yeah. Right? Or Doctor and, Strange's cape. And, yeah. And, and it's, it, yeah. And even then, Doctor Strange's cape, when it's floating on its own and CGing like Spawn's cape, yeah. it doesn't look like shit. Yeah. It looks like it's actually got bones and it's, it's doing all this movement stuff. But when you see, like, again, when anybody that has a cape in the Marvel Universe right yeah. now, <coughs> all of that stuff that's combined, 
you're looking at someone going, this is what needs to be done with these with these characters, and in order for it to look like a cartoon, comic, live action, we have to kind of mix those three together. So we're going to take the live action, mm-hmm. and then we're going to take... We're, we're, we're going to rebuild everything that we know of. Because as you look at the capes, they look heavier. Yeah. You know? They they look like real thick cloth, like like your favorite thick shirt. They don't look like a Halloween costume. Yeah, you know? And they're just not floppy around vinyl. Yeah. You know? And that was always my problem with Batman is like, why does Batman have this really thick piece of rubber that goes from his jawline down to his neck so he can't turn his head? Yeah. Why? Why do you have that? His arm, his, and then you have all this huge armor on him and whatever else. Why don't you just make it look like his suit, and then when bullets bounce off of him, you don't have to explain shit. Yeah, yeah I remember in the, um, I think it was in the Dark Knight, they acknowledged the fact that he can't turn his head, so he's like, I make this so I can turn my fucking head. Yeah, and, and well, they they said that in the very first Batman movie with Michael Keaton. Yeah, they have this huge cowl on his head, and they don't need it. Yeah, all they have to do is. They put the suit on him to make it look like he's big and buff and whatever else. Intimidating, yeah. Strikes fear. And, you know, you don't have to make it look like armor or anything else like that. You make it look like Batman. Yeah. You know, like he's big and tough and built and whatever else. And he gets shot at and whatever, and he gets injured. But the whole point of Batman is that he he can dodge bullets. Yeah, he's ninja, man. That's the point of him being... um, being, you know, trained. And he uses his cape to also whip those bullets around because he understands physics and science and all this other stuff. So he, he has a heavy cape that's also, you can use it as, it's like a Kevlar armor. Yeah. So he can use that to block and and slow down bullets and everything else. That's the whole point of Batman. Instead of making him this power-armored fucking crusader that's that's wearing all this heavy-armored shit... You know, and then you have Superman who has this weird mesh Spider-Man suit. You know, and Spider-Man suit with a cape. Yeah, and yeah. and again, it and 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 the colors are all muted. You know, so it looks like you're looking into like a a depressing version of like a you know a, might as well be uh by um be oh my god uh, Bizarro ups- might as well be Bizarro Zaro Bizarro oh kind of yeah uh, you know just like. Like a dirty, depressing version of Superman where he's standing there and it's just like really, really, really dark blues and really, really yeah, dark they turn, reds. they turn Metropolis into fucking Seattle, dude. Yeah, you know, it's it's not fun. That's And that's the problem with DC movies is they are not fun. They don't attract my attention because it's not going to keep my interest. Yeah. I will <laughs> say this. There does seem to be a slight improvement on something else that they're, you know, that they're, they've been fucking up and they, what it is is, and probably it might just be the fucking trailer, but this Bumblebee, the Bumblebee trailer, it's done by a different director. I mean, of course there's a lot of Michael Bayisms in there. Oh yeah. But it looks, well, sort of, it looks way more interesting than what we've seen for the last fucking three movies. I'll tell you that. I, I don't, I, I, I agree, but I disagree with you about the Michael Bayisms. The Mike, like he can't talk. That still bugs me. Yeah. You know, um, uh, and they well, they played the soundbite of Bernie Mac from the first movie. Yeah, then I thought that was cool. Yeah. In fact, here it is. And they have to have a girl in it. And they have to have a pre-trailer of the trailer. Right. <laughs> but I'll tell you, this 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 trailer actually got me a little emotional. Mm. 
and there's one scene what? Let me tell you something. Well, there's two scenes. A driver don't pick the car. Car pick the driver. It's a mystical bond between man and machine. It's a mystical bond between man and machine. That's a cool effect right there. Who are you? Do you speak? I won't hurt you. Starscream, yeah. G1 Starscream. I sent you, I sent you a text about that. Already, I've already, I'd already watched the fucking trailer by the time. Thanks for responding. Yeah, well, you know. This is why you're here, B. How, how many, how many texts do I have to go through to? You know, B music can help you see that you responded to. Try this. In the last week. So. Is it wrong that I actually feel anticipation for this movie because of how good this trailer is? No, because I feel anticipation. I, I want to <laughs> see this movie. And but it's because Michael Bay, is Michael Bay even involved in I, it? He could be a producer. Yeah, I think he's a producer on every goddamn one. But I wonder how that's, I mean, this feels, it's a prequel, dude. I, you know, I feel like it's going to conflict. Like, well, why is there no mention of forever? You know, like what's happening? Well, well, it's a fucking trailer. We haven't even seen the movie yet. So you can't go into that whole, why didn't they mention her? We don't know what's going to happen. I know. I know. Uh, but there's this part, though, I just like still. It, it's still based in the Michael Bay Transformer universe, so I don't know if, you know, there's that part of me that, you know, it's like, how many times are you going to fool me? You know what I mean? I, I Besides the first Transformers. Hey, man, I'm the one that said that I'm not going to see another fucking Transformers movie. And then they pulled the new Transformers movie from... From the lineup for this year, yeah, because there was supposed to be a new Transformers movie, yeah, uh, seven Transformers seven six, whatever. Last night was number five because four and five are the ones that we've seen together in theaters, right? So it doesn't matter. They're, they pulled the new Transformers movie from the. It's it's done. Like I don't know what the fuck. I don't know. I don't even give a shit, dude. <laughs> it's gonna blow. Last night was a shittier version of of the fourth one, Age of Extinction. It just was a lazier. You keep saying last night, and it's really funny because the director of the new movie is called Travis Knight. <laughs> Michael Bay, Lorenzo Di Bonaventure, Tom DeSanto, Stephen Davis. Those are the producers. So on the run in the year 1987, uh, Bumblebee seeks refuge in a junkyard in a small California beach town. Charlie find, is looking to find her place in the world, discovers Bumblebee. When she revives him, she quickly learns this is no... Ordinary yellow Volkswagen. Hey, uh, Peter Collins in the movie too. So Optimus Prime is in the movie. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting. 
Um, I thought one of the reasons why you got excited is because it's got John Cena. Yeah, that's why I got <laughs> excited. I didn't get excited for fucking, you know, Generation 1 Starscream just I know. right there. That was fucking cool. I was like, dude, why didn't you do that the first time? <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Look, you know, and we've already gone no, way too long. No, instead they had the, cyber, the they had the Cybertronian version of Starscream, which makes no sense because, like, say, with this movie, you got the original fucking Starscream, right? That you that we all know and love, right? And well, then, I think they're trying to retcon some shit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You're right. So they're kind of doing an X Men First Class kind of thing, mm, possibly. Yeah, but I mean, they fucked up with Megatron. Oh yeah, they fucked up with they fucked up know. with Galvatron. Yeah. They fucked up with Unicron. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, not, but I'm not talking about that stuff right now. I'm talking about the first movie, which is they fucked up with Megatron. Yeah, they but they kind they got Prime right. I was fine with Prime with his face shield up and down. I'm okay yeah. with that. They, some changes are needed. Yeah, but with Megatron, look, that guy's fucking iconic. Yeah, and if you can't make a gun out of him, fine. <coughs> the other thing that he's all that they turned him into was a tank. Yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah, they could have arm gun. They could have at least made him a fucking tank in the first movie. You know, and and it was but, just a jet. But his, well, he could also turn he. But the reason why he could turn into a gun is so that people could carry him. Yeah, you know, and even then with the tank, he could fly. He doesn't need to worry about turning into a jet. He can fly. So, but his look is so iconic. Yeah. That. In the first movie, it doesn't even look like fucking Megatron. Yeah, so it's throwing you off, right? It's like the whole time you're like, especially someone like us who grew up watching that shit, you just see it's like the whole time I'm like, this isn't Megatron. Yeah. It's like when I'm watching Spider-Man 3 and I keep seeing Venom and there's like, this ain't fucking Venom. And he claps his hands it's together just, and, a, just, and a big fucking mosquito proboscis comes out. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah. it. If you're going to do... The, the only way to do Transformers properly is is to do the G1 story where you have all of the the, the flying, the Starscream, Thundercracker, and uh, Skywarp. I think that's who the three are, who are the, the, the three flying ones. Yeah. And then you have Megatron, you have Soundwave, and um, a couple of others. Yeah. But, and they're trying to get back to Cybertron. That's the, that's the basics of the story. And yeah. this is how DC fails, too. That's the basics of the story. They crash land on Earth. They get terraformed, basically. So you have the bad guy Autobots and the good guy... I'm sorry, the bad guy Decepticons and the good guy Autobots. Yeah. The Autobots are trying to get home. The Decepticons are trying to get home. Okay, basic story, right? Yeah. How do we get from here to there? Okay, well, the Decepticons are going to build a land bridge. Yeah. Or a space bridge. Yeah. And they're going to get Energon to to get this. So they're going to basically rape all the resources of the world to get their 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 Energon yeah. to build this land bridge. And then from there, they're going to start pulling people down instead of going back. Yeah. The Autobots are going to do the exact opposite. They're going to steal the Energon, right? And then they're going to use that land bridge to go home, take over Cybertron, defeat the Decepticons. Yeah. And then boom, boom, boom. That is a basic story. They don't understand that. No. They have to put their little director artistic spin well, on it. Well, Michael Bay said it himself. He said he makes the Transformers movies for the teenager and himself that he would want to see. That's, his, that's what he said. Well, then don't make a Transformer movie. Make a Michael Bay former. Yeah. Make a Bay Bridge movie. Yeah, make your own Transmorphers. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Make a GoBots movie. 
All right. So, uh, but I am interested in seeing Bumblebee. It comes out December twenty first. By the way, to tie that in with the DC universe, it's the same exact thing. They instead of going after the basics, which yeah. is taking the most popular of the issues that they have, or yeah. the popular of the series that they have for animation, yeah. and then turning those into the movies. They go and they take the new fifty two, which they're trying to pimp and nobody fucking likes. Yeah. And they're pushing that onto people instead of instead of what the people really want, which is this is this this is the Batman that we want. We want the old stories. Yeah. We this is the Superman that we want. This is the Flash that we want. The Green Lantern that we want. But no, you keep forcing us to watch your versions of the new Fifty Two yeah. and all these directors, and you're trying to do what Marvel does with Suicide Squad and BVS and Justice League and Wonder Woman. Although Wonder Woman works perfectly because they actually did something right. Yeah, you know, and instead of doing it right the first time, now they have to go and fuck fucking do everything again and now they have three different joker movies coming out which is suicide squad 2 and then two joker movies yeah you know which, joker's gonna show up in the harley quinn movie which as doesn't well. make any fucking sense so technically that's four that's four joker movies because you know joker's gonna show up in harley quinn you've got the joker spinoff with jared Leto. you've got suicide squad 2 and you've got the joaquin phoenix joker fucking movie yeah i'm sorry i'm just i'm out yeah i'm out and then it sucks. I mean, because <laughs> you are like the biggest Joker enthusiast I've, I've ever I've ever seen. Yeah, and and I'll see the I'll see the Joaquin Phoenix one because mm-hmm. that one interests me. Jared Leto, forget it. I didn't like him in Suicide Squad. I don't find him an interesting actor. Mm-hmm. I didn't like him in Blade Runner. I I don't find that guy a good actor. I I I don't understand how people can look at Jared Leto and go, yeah, he's a great actor. I think because there's certain things like I, if you watch Dallas Buyers Club, he's really good in that. Okay, and he won the Oscar for it. But but again, uh, you know what? Look, I, there, I, there were better there were better actors. Most of the time, when I see Jared Leto, I don't like him. As I don't, there's something about like in Fight Club. I didn't like him in Fight Club, and there's other things I've seen him in as well. I, I don't care. I, yeah, I just don't like him as an there's actor. There's a vibe that he gives that I'm not a big fan of. So, um, all right. Anyway. Um, uh, before we end this, yeah, there was a couple other trailers that I saw. The the Lego Movie Two, the yep. second one or the second part, it's called, where it's it, set in a, like a Mad Max post apocalyptic after Taco Tuesday event. Yeah, that looks pretty funny. Um, the uh, Lord Miller is our um, executive producing it, and it's directed by someone else, but they're still involved with it. And uh, right, it, and you know what? The trailer looks like it's funny, especially. Um, I don't remember Jared Leto being in Lord of War. Yeah, he played the brother. He played. Um, Oh, that's why. He, yeah. And I couldn't stand him. So he was only in like the first half of the movie because then he gets killed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, that yeah. So he does a lot of independent films. Um that's why he's like a darling. He's like an independent film darling. That's why a lot of people love him because he does so many different kinds of roles. Well, it's because he, he was in my so called life. And he and he's also extreme method. Extreme method. You've seen like just with the making of right. uh, Suicide Squad, enough right? Enough about him. All right, we'll get off this fucking page then. <laughs> so Anyway, uh, Lego Movie Two looks looks interesting, looks fun. Uh, I'm pretty sure we'll go see that one. It's going to come out in uh, February next year. Good, good, All right. good, good, good. All right, uh, Ralph breaks the internet. The full trailer came out this Saw time. That. And the, the, you know what? I'm usually not interested, but that whole Disney princesses scene is, looks pretty fucking funny, man. Where where um, the main character, you know, Alicia or um, what the fu- Sarah Silverman's character, yeah, goes in there and all the princesses are there. That looks pretty fucking funny. (laughs) 
We got Wi-Fi. All right, let's get you plugged in. We got Wi-Fi. Wiffy. This is the original trailer. Is it Wi-Fi? Why don't we just go in? That's not the new one. And we are online. This is the one that ends with all the the bunnies eating. Yeah. Churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister. I thought sister, he built a house. We're about to blast off. He wrecked it. Ralph, what is it you're trying to say? We're going to the internet. What? Wow, look at all this stuff. This is the most beautiful miracle I've ever seen. Welcome to the search bar. What can I help you find today? Um, Umbrella, umbrage, umami. No. Noah's art, no doubt. Nordstrom rack. Ergonomics, urban outfitters, er, cool. I'm pretty sure he's just trying to guess what you're gonna say. My autofill is a touch aggressive today. Let me try. Take me to a website that's super intense and really nuts. Oh, I only found one result. Oh, come on. Princesses and cartoon characters barf. Hey. You're coming with us, kid. (gasps) Hi. Princess too. What kind of a princess are you? Uh, like do you have magic hair? hair? No. Magic hands? No. Do animals talk to you? No. Were you poisoned? No. Cursed? No. Kidnapped or enslaved? No. Are you guys okay? Should I call the police? Do people assume all your problems got solved because a big strong man showed up? Yes. What is up with that? She, she is, is a princess. Ralph breaks the internet. Shouldn't it be Ralph wrecks the internet? Yeah, since he is wreck it, Ralph. Uh, yeah, but break the internet, it's like a thing. Right, it's just wreck the internet kind of sounds better, doesn't it? You're not wrong. It's cutesy. Oops. I, I want to see it because, you know. I like that they, they actually reference my, my main complaint about Frozen. And they're about them waiting for a big, big, strong man to save them. Right. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, you know what? Look, it, it looks like it's going to be fun. I, I just don't know how fun it's going to be. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Anyway. All right. So, Wreck-It Ralph, uh, break, or, sorry, Ralph Breaks the Internet is coming out in uh, November 21st. And then the last one I saw, the last trailer I, uh, I thought mentioning would be... Um, would be White Boy Rick with uh, Matthew McConaughey. This is a I I saw and I don't know if I will. There's a documentary. Yeah, there's a, it's based on a real guy. All right, let's watch the trailer. Hi, White Boy Rick. Oh, that's right. The preview. The getting prepared to you know prepared to prepare. Yeah. How can we stay, Dad? Yeah. Detroit, son. Lion don't leave the Serengeti. 
And besides, it'll be our year. I can feel it. You realize you're the worst father ever. I'm not gonna let you ruin your life, Don. No drugs in the house. Everything's fine. Not fine. You're fine, Ma's fine. Don, you. you're fine. I'm gonna let her talk. I'm going to the goddamn house. Ray, stay out of it. Put some clothes on, will ya? We're going for custard. Y'all know who my dad is, right? Y'all know what he saw? Hey, I know your broke ass daddy. <laughs> what you said your name was? Brett. Hey, white boy Rick. He got some balls coming here like he did. You should come out of skating rolls sometime. But not like this. Look like you robbed the Kmart or something. You good, Rick. You wanna move weight? You come to me. My dad finds this, he'll kick my ass. Yeah, just make sure he doesn't find it then. Break it down for dime rocks. Get yourself a crew and offload it before long. People know you're legit. It's Ricky! He won! <laughs> you're gonna get in too deep. And then they're gonna let you out. You hook? I know. Eight pounds, 14 ounces. Such a way you were born. First time I looked in your eyes, I knew you were gonna be bigger than me. I knew your life was gonna be bigger than mine. Look at this, Dad. Look how we're living. Let's hustle big. I know the players, man. I know the game. Hey, come on, Dad. I can do this. And we can do this. We can fix our lives and be a family again. What do you say? Would you believe a 15-year-old kid was working for the federal government? But he was. Whoa! Whoa! Shit. Hey. What? You all got him? Interesting, except I don't care for the <laughs> the videotape effect. Yeah. Because it, it's been done to death. If you go on YouTube and you watch like Super Wave or any of that shit, or even Simpsons Wave, they've already done this a, a, for years now. To trying to do the nostalgic 80s look. So for that trailer, no. I mean, it looks like it's filmed in 80s, like videotape style, but that but that effect is, it's a waste of time for me. You know what I mean? I don't need to see it. But otherwise, uh, the movie looks interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm after watching it, I want to want, I want to see the movie. Yeah, and so. Bruce Dern is always good in everything he's in. Love Bruce Dern. You know, he, he put, I just watched Burbs again. Did you? Yeah. I, I'm a stable as asshole. Shut up. He sits on my yard again. <laughs> That guy's a meatball. Yeah, you know what? And like, I, I'll say it to this day: The Burbs is an underrated film. I don't give a fuck what the critics say. I love it. Yeah, and I saw that in theaters when it was new. Um, it just came out on Blu-ray, by the way. Um, I was gonna buy it, but I didn't see it at Best Buy when it came out. But it, I think it came out in the last month or so on on Blu-ray. So mm-hmm. go buy it, support it. Yes. All right. Anyway, um, I think that's all I got for this week. Is that all you got through this week? That's all I got. Okay, so we'll let you know how the rest goes, and there we go. Yeah, we went a little bit too long, but that's okay. Yeah, long in the tooth. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. Yeah, not that long. Adioche. All right. Bye. Bye.